people that have never been in the industry before and they're maybe estate agents coming into personal training, they miss the actual getting great results and being a leader themselves in terms of their own I agree with that 100%. They're afraid to take the jump. Like I made that, I jumped from being a fucking estate agent to like being a degenerate selling fitness programs on the internet, which no one was doing back no. then. So people were like, what is wrong with this guy? So I think you've got two camps. You've got the diehard bodybuilders who don't think you should sell and market because people should come to you. And you've got people that uh, haven't been a coach before, know the sales and marketing, but don't know how to get the result that they need to. If you put 20 hours into anything, you can come competent in it. Yeah. And I think that's the problem is most people like put off so long trying to learn certain things. Like, oh yeah, I don't want to learn sales and marketing. It's like, well, enjoy being poor. Cause yeah. like, if you're an online coach looking to scale your business, you're in for an absolute treat. So we've got Mr. Nathan Johnson here who recently joined Seven Figure Scaling Systems, pretty much doubled his business, I think in the first month. Um, when we think it went from what, 32K to 57, I think yeah. it ended up. Yeah. He sent me a picture of a bottle of champagne uh, yeah. drinking out of a mugger, so that's, yeah. it's baller yet humble at the same time. Yes. Um, so today we're going to delve into Nathan's success. Nathan also has a background coaching coaches as well, so he has a different spin and things in terms of the value that he can give to you guys today in terms of an audience. Um, to give people a bit of a, a background, Nathan, in terms of who you are, where you're from, and what you've done, how did you first get into online coaching? Okay, um, online coaching was for me was like before the craze. It was like you were doing it, some other companies were doing it, and basically I worked for a friend who had a business. They they'd done some online coaching in the US and the UK, and decided to go into it, um, and then. They gave me a job and I was like, okay, let's get into this. I thought PT would be exactly the same. Choose my transferable skills and it just, it was different, but also you could still get the same results. The uh, contact was higher. You could speak to people more and it just ended up being like a, a big thing where you could do that. So it was really, really good. Um, and I ended up taking up to like 140 clients, which was a different ball game altogether, massive schedule uh, issues. And then um, ended up running their team. They had 10 coaches. So I ended up running the management of that and then, decided to move away from that, uh, move my own thing. I think one of the biggest things I see from people who struggle with business is they fear the unknown mm -hmm. and you've taken several leaps, okay? So from first leap was like working for another company to working for yourself and then you were helping coach another mentorship and you're taking a leap to then to like yeah. build your own monster business. What would you say to people who have that like, they're afraid to take the jump. Like I made that, I jumped from being a fucking estate agent to like being a degenerate selling fitness programs on the internet, which no one was doing back no. then. So people were like, what is wrong with this guy? Like he's retarded. Yeah. Um, like what would you say to them? I think um, having done the jump now, it's, um, it gives you a lot more peace of mind and clarity and ownership. I think the biggest thing is like you now run your own thing, you're responsible for all the great stuff that happens, but you're also responsible for the dog shit that happens. But I think that clarity when you're working for someone else or helping someone else build their own business, there's ownership, but you also feel like you can't impact and give value the way that you can do. You're a role, you're a role within a business as opposed to you're ultimately changing the course of the business by your decisions. So for me, taking that step away now has given me more flexibility and actually like laser focus. And with that jump, which is a scary jump because you take maybe less money or whatever you do, you get to that point now where you're like, right, I'm going all in on this and there's no other way around it. You have to go all in. And I've loved the stories of other people doing that. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll do that at some point. And now I was like, oh, time, time is now. And I think uh, everything happens for a reason and opportunities present themselves. And I think that's like, I like that saying that like, fortune favors the brave or mm -hmm. favors the bold. It's yeah. like, when you see something, you have to take the leap because it's like, I'll give an example. I like investing in crypto, right? Yeah. In my opinion, it's not financial advice. The next 12 to 18 months is the most optimal time to make a lot of money doing that. And probably the last time you ever do that. So like, now I'm like, I'm going all in with that. And yeah, it's a risk and it could go horribly wrong. But if like the upside's way bigger than the downside. So 
Yeah. You have to look at that. And I think for me, if I look back when I was a state agent, people were like, oh, this is really risky. And I was like, well, it's not really, because like, it doesn't work. I was getting another job as an estate agent. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was sick of what I did. So it's like, it's not going to be difficult. Yeah. Um, and I think more people just need to think about the upside, downside risk. Yeah. The way I did it is, uh, firstly, a lot of therapy. But like, it was like, what is the worst case scenario? And it, my worst case scenario was that whatever happens when I was 21, when I moved to London, then when I moved to London to Dubai to build the gym, then back to London, all every decision I've made has always been on what is the worst case scenario? And it's always been like the, my be back bedroom and my mum and dad's house. I'll always just go back to there and do PT from a local pure gym and I'll still be okay. And that makes me get the risk to go, okay, I'm going to do that because it's not a bad life living well, between Liverpool and Manchester is pretty shit but you're able to do that life which someone might think is their top tier as my last last resort and that's something that's powerful to be able to take the leap because what's the worst case scenario 100% I agree with that 100% and one of the things I say most people are afraid to get started you've obviously helped a lot of particularly beginner coaches and developed your own business and worked operationally in like a lot of other businesses what would you say is the the most important p thing people need to focus on at the beginning? I think there's there's two elements. One, it's normally the diehard coaches who have been PTs for a while. They miss the marketing and sales side of 100%. things. But then the people that have never been in the industry before and they're maybe estate agents coming into personal training, they miss the actual getting great results and being a leader themselves in terms of their own physique. So I think you've got two camps. You've got the diehard bodybuilders who don't think you should sell and market because people should come to you. And you've got people that uh, haven't been a coach before, know the sales and marketing, but don't know how to get the result that they need to. And I think if you're in one of those camps, you do the op the opposite. You do the opposite, and then you get to that point where you are uh, you get best of both worlds. I think. And I think what you said there is interesting because, in my opinion, you need to be balanced to be able to do a lot of things. So as an yeah. entrepreneur, you have to wear a lot of the different hats. Yeah. So like people ask me, like, you retarded? How can you do all these things? I learned. So like, I can run Facebook ads, I can run email campaigns, I can train people to a really high standard, run teams, yeah. I can run YouTube ads, do whatever I want, like yeah. I can do anything. But like, I couldn't do that five, six years ago, but I had to like learn all those things and stack the skills. Yeah. And it's, if you put 20 hours into anything, you can come competent in it. Yeah. And I think that's the problem is most people like put off so long trying to learn certain things. Like, oh yeah, I don't want to learn sales marketing. Yeah. It's like, well, enjoy being poor. Cause yeah. like the reality is that everything in life is sales, right? Yeah. You want an attractive girlfriend, wife, you need to be able to sell yourself. Yeah. You want to, have a successful business, you have to be able to sell yourself. You want good staff, that's a sale. You yeah. have to like sell yourself like, come work for me. Um, and it's every day to sell to keep those staff. And I think that's where people need to really understand. It's like, you can't just be like two dimensional because I also see a lot of entrepreneurs with like say fitness businesses, they're really good at sales and marketing, but the programs are fucking shit. Yeah. So like the clients drop off straight away and how you build a big business like you, you're doing, like how I've done is, you get them in, you try and keep them in for as long as possible. Yeah, yeah. and the, the element of that is like, probably just people don't want to do it because it's hard. Mm. Learning new skills sucks, juggling, guitar, whatever. Well, uh, being a beginner, right? Yeah, being a beginner sucks. So when you've been established in either your real estate role or your PT on the gym floor, going into an online space where there's new things to learn, you avoid things that are hard because you have to become a beginner again. So you stick to what you know, you believe you be, uh, put your belief systems around it, and then you miss out on cash. And obviously mm. people hate cash, so. 100%. And one of the things I'd say, it reminds me of like what's called like a Zen beginner's mind. So a Zen beginner's mind is like, when you first start something, you first become an estate agent, and like someone says, yeah, you need to call these 100 people, yeah. like show them every property you have, you just do it because you don't have any cognitive yeah. bias. But the more experience and success you get in like that role as an entrepreneur, like no, that won't work. That won't work for me. That won't yeah. work for my market. And it's like, 
the problem is too many people believe something won't work so nothing will ever work yeah. and they end up stuck in the position they are now which is why the business doesn't grow yeah actually do the thing to say mm. that it doesn't work mm. yeah. yeah and it's uh, a process of elimination to some degree and a good task i'd suggest for everyone to do is like if you literally get a piece of paper and you write down uh, how could you get more clients question mark and like list every way you can get to about 18 you'll quickly work out like most of them are incredibly difficult and retarded other than probably about two to three so then that's probably the two to three you should focus yeah. on yeah absolutely you just gotta what's the uh, what's the easiest level to pull mm. that's it the easiest the most quickest most effective as opposed to the most complex things if it's complex it's normally complex for a reason keep it simple and it's not scalable because with scale comes complexity and then it gets difficult when you've got more people involved and it like i found that so like i've made so many mistakes in growing our businesses because i didn't know any better and it was like i just throw enough shit at the wall and something would stick and it would just it would work yeah um and i think a lot of people who if you're listening to this as well and you're entrepreneurial you're probably that way inclined like mentality wise or you're like a bit of a bulldozer and you just make shit happen but you leave chaos behind you which is why often you need to build a team to maybe round out some of the skills you have yeah for sure i'm a uh, classic starter not completer mm. um and i've been like that for ages so i've always got people that are more analytical around me or at least i've learned that now from having more creatives around me and it just pisses me off and i can't that doesn't work very well so i have a team around me that i like finances data numbers because i'm not really like that so they give me that feedback they give me more of a finish it off the 20 percent at the end the copywriter that mm. does the extra parts um and then the data guy that cleans up all my mess of my sales trackers and stuff like that and then we you're able to build your team around some of your weaknesses but some of your strengths like my creativity gets you done is really a big strength but sometimes it leaves your holes and then you've got to fill the holes with people I, I don't know if it's because you've got the same surname as me. Uh, well, just, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a certain, <laughs> I'm going to call it the surname of implementers and executors because, like, the one thing I, I, I fucking loved about you straight away is, is like, bang, just, just don't, like, do it, do it, do yeah. it. And uh, I remember, like, my first joined a mentorship, people thought I was, like, autistic because they're like, they tell me to do something, I'd be like, yeah, what do I do? Like, the next day I've yeah. done it all. Yeah. Like, same. because I just want to, like, knock things off because the quicker you accomplish the task, the quicker you get to the like the next level um, and I think that's where too many people just procrastinate on doing the thing yeah it's like um, they're there for a reason the things are laid out in that way so it's my job to come in and actually just prove your concept right or wrong mm. and either way I win because I learn what not to do if it's crap mm. which I've done before in the mentorships or I come in and it absolutely smacks and now I'm printing cash yeah. so that was my thought process like well the worst case scenario is I've got the data to go and do something else and I'll ju choose the opposite of whatever I've got from Charlie <laughs> <laughs> and I just like right, I need someone that's you know kind and caring and doesn't really it doesn't like money yeah it doesn't like money and he's not up for the challenge I'll go for the kind courteous hand around the shoulder um, and in that person then I'm going to print cash if that one's not having print cash so mm. yeah you got to prove it wrong what this is actually a really good thing to go into because I get frustrated when I hear people like I hear mentors say like you shouldn't try and make money too quickly you shouldn't try and scale a business too quickly for me that's the whole fucking point yeah like how can I get from A to B as quickly as possible like it, that's it that's the goal right yeah like if you can make a million dollars in a month or you can do it in five years what would you prefer um what's your thought process on that do you know what? I've actually come from the opposite. So it's it's A, surrounding myself with people like yourself. I'm one of these people that can take someone else's energy and run with it massively. Yeah. So our WhatsApp chats are uh, the reason why like, I'm like climbing the walls to get out now and smash as much as I can. But I, I used to come from that when I hit like a decent money where it was like 10K or 12K or 15K. And I was like, yeah, this is pretty decent. I could tap my card whenever I want to. And I was like, oh yeah, it'll come over time. And then, I, then 
having that polar opposite where now I'm challenging myself, this is like, this is more like it's actually a false sense of security. It's actually just, you've just hit your first resilience barrier, which is you've got your first taste of money, you've got out of the, maybe the poor situation you were, or like two grand, three grand a month. Now you've hit comfortability, but can you push past that? Because building a business is not just the first sign of comfort. You have to go through a lot of discomfort to make it. Now you have to think about how many people you're going to help and building the millions and hel helping your team have a great life. First set of comfort is those money values. And then now the big money always sets sets the tone for a big team, a big vision, because ultimately that's what you get. If you get more money, you've obviously got more clients. So you need to help more people and build, build create their lives and transform theirs. So from a small money mindset to a big one, you're obviously helping as many people as possible as well. Do you think, in my opinion, I don't know if you agree, I see most coaches get stuck between 10 to 15K a month. 100%. And my personal opinion on that is that they get c complacent. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've got enough to get by. Do you agree? Yeah, I think uh, what also happens as well is that they hit their first the taste of money. And then at the same time is they run out of, uh, they, they run out of their usual strategy. So they've just gone into LinkedIn, to Instagram and they've gone through the things that work. They're not refined it. They've just run a tactic and maybe it's worked. Maybe they've got an extra few followers and they've capitalized on it. And they tend to not really push down and devil in the detail now. So their, their messaging sequence worked, but now it doesn't. And they just keep at that. They don't, they just say, oh, it's not working anymore. So they go and find a new exciting thing to circle back to. Whereas actually it's the devil in the detail of being like, right, it's not working. What do I do? And that's what I think people that do 20, 25, 30, 50 K is like, like you, you said, uh, you know, next year's goals on one of your podcasts, you're like, next year's goals are going to be the same shit that we did last year, but better. Mm. And it's that, it's not, it's not more, it's better. And I think mm. that's what gets you from 15 to 25 to 50 is no, no new new thing it's just the same thing done but better and better and that's what I've learned from you it's like I had a script I had uh, a way of doing things and now we've turned up the ante and I've seen from the SOPs that you've got on your team I'm like shit I was doing 20% of that and now I've got now a margin to build so it's like learning what that next step is and seeing now the standards change and I think that's what people that are in 10 and 15 they're around other people that are doing 10 and 15 it's like that crabs in a bucket mentality mm. but if they jump over to the big leagues and get like the tens, the hundreds, the, the 150s, and see people doing that, then the, the gap widens for what you're actually able to do. And I think having better standards also helps that process too. Uh, you're, I couldn't agree with you anymore. And something I'd get everyone to do, like listening to this, so I've got on a sticky note stuck on a computer screen, is like get aggressive with the detail yeah. because that's the secret. And like, even I've been doing it the last few days, like digging through reports and stuff. And I'm like, this is shit. This is wrong. This isn't right. And like, we're still doing really well. I'm like, this could be so much better. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, we don't need to go and do other stuff. It's just like optimizing yeah. what we have because we could probably get 50% more growth yeah. just dialing in what we're doing right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and that's me saying that people are like your, your stuff's all like, there's, there's always room to improve. Yeah. And I think the more people can understand that makes a big difference, but it's a mindset shift. And I'll give an example. I, Eric commented earlier, he was on the podcast a couple of days ago, so I recommend everyone goes listen to the podcast with Eric Spofford. Um, he said to me he made $170,000 the day before on like a couple of sales online and some stuff. And I was like, motherfucker. Yeah. I was like, so for me in my head, I'm like, broke. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to like level this up. And yeah. for me, that's where like surrounding yourself with people who are ahead of you all the time is a big thing yeah. because yeah, like, yeah, I'm killing it. I'm doing really well. I'm doing X, Y, Z. And then someone's doing like way more, you're like, fucking bastard. Yeah. Like, it, it shows it can be done. Yeah. And I think the big thing I see in the particular fitness industry, people don't believe it can be done until they see someone, they're like, fuck. And actually I remember speaking at the OT event a couple of years ago, uh, one in the Marnie Hotel or whatever, and I said I was doing like six figures a month like three, four years ago, and people were like, what the fuck, it like lost their mind. Yeah. Um, and that's the reality what people need sometimes because it gives them perspective in terms of like, 
yeah, you can take it that far if you if you really want to and stick to it. Yeah, and um, and it's just getting someone to show you there's a way that's bigger than where it is right now is is always the key concept. I think it's never like that. Uh, I always used to fear that actually mm. that moment where you're with somebody that's like ten x you or like twenty x you because you get quite nervous and quite insular about oh fuck you doing way more than me and it creates a bit more of an insecurity but I learned now that it's like a, you're not trying to be them you're not trying to be in a room with them so that you become them you're just trying to pick up the tips so mm. that you can copy and paste it and the more I realised it was actually a copy and paste job for most people it's like take your habits I like what you do about this I'll take your systems around that and then instead of being in a room with them thinking that you, you, you need to be them and you're worried about having a conversation with them actually just go what can I learn from you and what, what's the next step from me that I can ping from you perfect so I think there's always that element. You find the most successful people ask the most questions. Yeah. And the people who are successful like to answer good questions. Yeah. Because you can, when you teach, you know something really well. And someone who's been successful has been coached by someone else. And like, you'll know that you've coached a lot of entrepreneurs as well. Yeah. Like, it's nice to pass the baton on. Like, 100%. for me, there's nothing more fulfilling when like, I don't know, you said to me, like you said that bottle of the champagne, I was like, that's fucking sick. Yeah. Like, like you see, I don't smile anymore. Like, yeah. I love seeing people do well when they put in the work with stuff because in particular when you're like you're in the position you are like you're already doing really well you you change a couple of things you get huge experimental growth and i think in some respects the bigger businesses get the, the the tweaks that need to be made are more difficult to see but they're like smaller tweaks that might take longer to implement but maybe not that complicated yeah. but they have huge leverage because of the scale of the business yeah and the, the small stuff when you're getting it going it's almost like being in the weeds and in the mm. trenches and like figuring out your systems and getting everything set up but now like what I've learned over the last couple of months is like you have a system for like the leadership team the coaching the cl the client delivery or the uh, the referral process or whatever you've got all these systems made out in the first couple of years now you just sit on top and go okay which one is doing the worst and how do we pull this better and you spend one big project or a strategy on that and then you get that better and then you'll probably find that the problem's over here again and you need to do that over there so just a one one big lever, and uh, as opposed to multiple like loads of different shit to work on. What would you say to people who get frustrated and stagnated in their business? Because I think I see a lot of people who are stuck at that ten to fourteen k a month plodding along, like oh yeah, I'm happy, and I'm like, are you really? Like I think they maybe their own insecurities, they're not willing to accept, they're not happy with where they're at, but they're also not willing to be open-minded for people for advice so i'll give an example um i asked our email copywriters like oh do you think there's anything else we should do with email or like the systems or anything else we're doing he's like i don't know you're the guy who's multi-millionaire and sold like 10 million dollars stuff i was like fair enough but it's like i, I want your yeah. opinion because it's like i always ask other people to get different people's perspective whether i agree or not like i'll, I'll use judgment on that yeah. but what would you say to those people i think there's um there's always complete ownership of where you're going and what you're doing within your business but at the same time, is there's always a level of like, have you got the right people around you or the right strategies to be able to take you to that next level? Are there enough people proven track records to go into those big leagues or where you want to? And question like, is that 10 to 14 really all you're capable of? Like, is it just a limiting belief? Because once you get over that, like when I saw a 3K package, when you told me to, you like, give me some tips on when we, when we spoke yeah. day later, I was like, fuck, I just sold it. That just changed everything for me. And that I think someone in that 10 to 14 just needs to do one of those things like test something that's different to what your normal is break a shatter a belief and then you'll be like oh actually no 10 to 14 is not good enough because that's how i feel right mm. now i feel like 35 wasn't good enough and now i'm already like well 57 is not good enough because i'm like i've got more to give 
And it was just because we had those conversations where we shattered those small little holding barriers of why I wasn't able to take the next step. Um, I'd say that, just shatter that belief and go and you might as well. You know, what, what else are you going to do with your time? You know? <laughs> I agree 100%. And I think, it's like I said to you at the beginning, unpopular opinion for a lot of many people, like if I wanted to sell monthly coaching, that's exactly what I would do if I didn't want to make money. And like I said to you as well, is that when you first get that 3K payment come through, it's not even about the money, it doesn't matter. It's the mindset, like, holy fucking shit, someone's just paid that. Yeah. And when you start going to that league, say you're doing 14, say you're doing 9K a month, you get three clients sign up, you, you, that's all you'd have to do. Yeah. So like, it's very quick to build the business, so like high revenue numbers. Yeah. And I'd counter that argument, people are like, oh, I want reoccurring revenue. It's like, yeah, I appreciate that. But then Apple doesn't necessarily have reoccurring revenue on iPhones. Like, they just keep bringing out new iPhone and keep selling them. Like that's your job is to sell a market and obviously to fulfill, yeah. but like you have to keep that front end going. And in my opinion, the reason sometimes people like the reoccurring model is they want to be lazy and be like, yeah, I'm going to go to fucking Bali for four weeks and like sit on the sunbed and just do a few check-ins. Yeah. And I was totally polar and anti upfront payments for a, for a while. Um, well, for a long time, cause I've never done them. Uh, unless someone offered and said, do you want a 12 months upfront? I was like, okay, I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take your money. Uh, yeah, I'll take your money. Fine. No worries. Um, but, what I realized is that um, I was going to continue to sell anyway. Like every single month I'm going for it. I want to build a big business. I want to build something that's, you know, bigger than me. And I knew I was going to sell next month and the month after that. And then when you said, you know, these upfront payments, I tried it and realized that, well, if I do that every single month and I'm just going to have that repeatable variable, well, I've just increased my revenue by double doing one tactic. And obviously there's some things behind it in terms of the lead flow where they came from, but like one tactic, double your revenue. Now I can spend, if I wanted to, about 30 grand on ads to then make another, well, 5X, 6X on whatever the ads are doing right now. And that's that allows you to grow. That first jump of having the increased revenue allows you to then spend it on the shit that you've probably not been spending it on because your margins are so small, or mine were at least anyway. So that monthly recurring doesn't allow you to spend two, three grand without it being a hit on your bank account. Whereas if you've got 20K in your bank because you've just paid up front, you could spend a little bit. And you can leverage that. Yeah. You could leverage your time, leverage money, leverage ads, and then double, 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 and then now you can have your, you know, sit sit wherever you want to sit in Bali. One of the I agree completely. Um, the way I put that, for example, say you took, say you took three phone calls a day, you close one out of three at three k, you make three grand a day. Yeah. Like, um, what I think is an interesting thing to share with the audience. What did I say to you about sales calls in terms of tips when we first spoke? Oh, the, because well, I think this changed your perspective a lot. Yeah, no, it changed my. It was like um, basically we just we didn't even speak about the. F I'm a king of the features. That's why I was like I got really good at selling people on features, and now I realise that based on I thought I was digging into emotions and yeah. goals. Why do you want this? Why do you want that? And I'm like now I'm thinking I was selling people on features and I got pretty good at it. Whereas you were like, you know, you need to find out this, this, and this. The, the emotional side of things. Do you want a partner? Have they got a spouse? Do you want to be? Are they single? Find out the stuff that's really driving them. Ask the difficult question, and you'll have a different conversation. And every time I've done that now, whether it's people looking to get pregnant, whether it's uh, singles looking to date, whether it's fifty-year-olds trying to find uh, a partner after divorce or whatever, the conversations have led to be different, and they've always been led to be the six months or the twelve months up front. And now I'm like, okay, how do I talk more about? the deep shit and now that's what I'm trying to you know accomplish and that's as easy as it is in some respects of sales and even as you said that I felt the emotion change because like yeah. when you a lady says to you like she wants to get in shape because she wants to go and get healthy to get pregnant like yeah. fuck me like that's a big goal yeah. right or like I've just been through a really messy divorce I want to try and find a nice part like there's a lot more to that than yeah I just want to lose like 10 pounds yeah 
yeah. completely different perspective and conversation. And do you know the funny thing is a lot of people will say, oh, but that's a silly technique or whatever. But it's but, the truth. Yeah, it's the truth. And the thing is that if you run a fitness business long enough, in 12 months' time, if you get them the result that they actually came in for, they'll probably tell you that on the day of the testimonial. Mm. So it was always there. Mm. You just never knew about it because you didn't ask the right question. And I, that's what I found all the time. Now it's like, I'm asking those questions, but then I'm, I'm thinking, who out of my clients haven't, I haven't had that conversation with that I've told me on a testimonial or 12 months like oh I've been able to do this now or I can't believe we've been able to do that we've had kids da, 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 da. I think if it's 12 months ago if I would have been able to have that conversation I might have been able to put you on a higher package I'm only joking <laughs> but like <laughs> I could have got you an up front but like those conversations are going to happen regardless at the end of your results if you if they make it that far because you do monthly or you do it at the beginning and actually sell them into something bigger and I think that bigger thing as well to think about is the impact you can actually have on people's lives yeah. because like we've had a lot like now and in the past you've like a woman's come to you want to get pregnant get healthier like they get pregnant have a kid and they send you a photo of the baby and that's pretty cool yeah, that's like true. I had a part in that yeah. and that's where you not being a pussy and not asking the uncomfortable question is actually like letting other people down who are potential clients and yeah. like your job as a coach is people are apprehensive and they've got a problem they don't want to deal with and you need to call them out their own bullshit um, and that's reality to the job, job of a coach. And I'll give you an example. I'm training with a trainer in the gym at the moment, Stefan, who's like taking my soul every day. And I want to quit all the time and not like my pussy, but like he's like ripping me a new one. Yeah. And like he keeps pushing me and I don't, I'll keep going because there's someone on my back. And that's what you need a coach to do is like when it gets hard and you don't want to do it anymore, like they keep you going through it because they know what the end goal of what you want yeah. to do is. And I think too many coaches don't start with the end in mind when it comes to the client. Like, what is it they really want? Because ultimately, getting six-pack abs doesn't change someone's life, but them getting in great shape and finding the, the wife of their dreams is life-changing. Yeah. yeah, and I think there's a, like a... Because there's a gap, because most of the coaches come in the industry to be coaches around nutrition and training. Mm. So the further I get into this, and more I realise it's... Uh, I've done it 12 years now. It's not nutrition and training. <laughs> it's all psychology. But you come to that realisation, super easy nutrition and training or psychology and accountability. But people come in the industry to do the nutrition and training strategies. They don't, then they think because they lost the 10 kilos or gained five kilos of muscle, that that's their job done. In reality, if you've never done the sale beforehand, I've never been, I wasn't a um, salesperson before I, when I was working for the other businesses. I just got given the client for an application form and then made the programs. So all I saw was one of these 10 kilos, let's get 10 kilos off. Now I see the whole picture and realize like how much more can be done because you're seeing the emotion, you're seeing the big picture and, and seeing the, the end goal in mind, which now we give to our coaches. We give them the, the actual why and why they're coming in so that they can have a bigger impact in their life too. Because if they know they're coming into for kids, my coaches are going to give more of a shit than just 10 kilos off, mm. you know. So I think there's that big picture thinking. And also I'd say what you said there, that comes to relationship building. Because if the the coach-client relationship, if they become very close, like mm -hmm. your lifetime value of a customer goes up a lot. So yeah. like with the coaches who run our fitness business now, like respectfully, they're way better at that than I was because I didn't have the time yeah. to, to put into that in terms of personal relationship. And almost you made a bit of a joke of it. I'm not, I was never like the particularly the arm round type <laughs> person. I was like, just do this, don't be a yeah. person. Like yeah. would hold people to it, yeah. which works well for, for maybe more type A people. Some people maybe need a softer approach. Yeah. And I think that's understanding your strengths the weaknesses and i'd also say a bottleneck a lot of coaches have in their business is they think they have to be the person doing yeah. all the fucking coaching yeah. which i was that person i had like 200 clients at one point and um that's a limiting belief because you think you're special whereas they don't care they just want to get pregnant they want to find the girlfriend they want to find whatever yeah and that's the same i had 140 clients and i was like i can do this it's smashing it then when i tried to run the business and i got to 80 i was like mm, this is difficult 
and now we're bringing numbers down so I can actually focus on the real stuff because if you want to build a business the coaching is just the it, when it's called implementation not coaching or like a delivery when you realize it's just a cog in the tool like the two like whatever it's like a cog in the wheel of everything you realize it's one part and you're sitting on the top you don't want to devil in just one of the cogs so as much as you love it I think you have to evolve as you go through the business journey and what would you say to coaches who are stuck in that as, as the delivery cog I think there is like a element of passion project so you can have like a couple on the side I still do 51 but I'm bringing it down it's like I would personally would have a few if you love that from a passion perspective but also you can look at this your team which you'll have to have you their clients you know you teach them you treat them like clients because you have to coach them like you would teach coach. them yeah so it's like the same again you have to teach your VAs or coach your VAs coach the team coach the email guy or whatever it is content people they, they're still coaching. You're just seeing it in a different format. You're evolving your skill set. Instead of talking about nutrition and training, now you're talking about Canva graphics or the cap cut or whatever it is or how this client needs to lose another 10 kilos before his transformation or his photo shoot. So I think the bigger picture on that side, but at the same time, is um, the way I did it, and most uh, mathematically, logically, worked out how much I needed to earn to be able to move out of coaching, uh, how much I was getting from the business, and then just basically said, how many sales do I need to make to make this a reality? especially with the upfront payments. I was like, okay, well, I earn 12 grand from the business. Okay, cool, right. that means I need you know, one sale at 12 grand or three, three sales at three and a half. So now I, if I make three sales a month, I don't have to coach anymore. And that made my logical brain just be like, okay, that's what I need to do. So I'm working towards that. So. And that's what I'd say to you with that. It's great. It's like business is simple maths. Yeah. You, like, you just break it down mathematically and then you'll always have the answer with that of like what you really need to do. And I think not enough people really know their numbers and their metrics well enough. Like if you're not tacking, tracking your like profit and loss and expenses and all this type of stuff, like you're setting yourself up to fail and it's not complicated. Yeah. Um, like, like for example, I did our whole month's accounts going through all our bank statements this morning. It took me like 40 minutes yeah. and I found like random shit and I'm like, what's this? What's this? What's this? <laughs> like, like we charged like four times from Trello. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and um, that's where it's important to like actually pay attention to some of those things. One of the things I'm going to pull out you said was um, mindset with coaching is the most important thing. Oh, yeah. I'd actually say with business, it's, it's more important as well. So I think as you look to grow your business, the most important thing is actually your ability to develop your mindset and in terms of your own personal growth and learning mm -hmm. because the business will only grow to like the level of the CEO and founder because it's down to the decisions you make, which is your based on the knowledge and information yeah. you have at that time, right? Yeah, every business I've been and been a number two everywhere, I've seen it downward trends that that the the CEO's skill set had a downward trend on everything internally and externally to the business, whether it's time management, whether it's implementation, whether it's creative ideas, and they have some really good ideas and stuff like that. Or I was the guy who was implementing, but there was always like a um, there's always a gap, and I, I, that's what I've been learning from myself. Is like I'm a creative dude and have ideas scattered everywhere, but I need to learn to be precision sniper with my action taking ability because if you can combine like action taking plus being like accurate i think for me that's the bottleneck for me whereas you might everyone else has a different like playing scale and as long as you're evolving that you don't you don't don't become the bottleneck if you become the bottleneck then everything below you you know becomes you know stagnant so i think making sure that you're always evolving to the degrees of the skills that you need to acquire for the next level i couldn't agree that more i think that's where your job as the one who's running the business to be the inspirational leader who's constantly pushing the like trying to like learn and get more information and i think the most important thing like for example with someone like yourself when you've got a team is like 
everyone has accountability and they know what's expected of them and like what good looks like because I speak to a lot of people and they're like yeah I got a VA and like cool what, what are they doing yeah like do they have any like targets like like how's their performance and um, like if you actually track data and numbers they tend to improve yeah. so like we're super anal on that so if I'll give, give an example for uh, the mastermind yesterday we booked 27 sales calls which is a lot like so I'm like okay that's really fucking good and I was going through our ads and I was like okay cool this is our like lifetime uh, ROAS blah 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 blah. I'm like okay we could actually scale that a lot more if we wanted to like if you don't know the numbers like you're setting yourself up to fail and I think that's a big thing that people aren't willing to maybe try and learn how to like pick up those skills which hasn't come naturally to me it's like been something I've had to work at and learn over time yeah. ultimately if you want to pick and choose it's like um, uh, I've learned the same because I hate numbers, really hate it. That's why I've got a guy who does all the numbers. But like, uh, if it's like nutrition and training. You give someone a training plan, you give someone nutrition, and you give someone uh, steps. It's almost like your client's going to you. Ah, oh, no, I just don't fancy doing the nutrition. We're well, not going to get the same results. And that's how, like I. That's how I logically looked at man math and was like, well, if I don't look at the numbers, I can't spend X, Y, and Z. I don't know what's happening. My team don't know what's going on. So I need to get good at this, whether I like it or not. Steps, training, nutrition, and just treat it like that. And now you you see the goal and you see the results as opposed to what you're wanting to do versus what you're shit at. It's almost like if you want that outcome, these are the three buckets that you need to do. You know, regardless of whatever client comes in the door, whatever goal they have, there's always a nutrition, there's always a training, and there's an activity element. So um, you can either not do them things and not get those results, or you can learn to do them over time and get better with them. And that's how I view. That's the, my viewpoint when it came to that. Interesting question. Um, obviously, you've worked as like a number two in multiple businesses before. What would you say you've learned of is good to do and not to do in that position? Uh, like oh, from maybe a CEO two. talking down. Oh, the number two is like uh, in the first business. It was uh, it was a lot more about clarity of role responsibilities uh, and uh, what I was able to do. I think in those situations the businesses are relatively new it's the first time it's role so they're almost like guessing with the responsibilities and the direction and the structure of it so as you go along you make it up as you go along or you're just seeing how it goes and for me it was an action taker it was always really hard to kind of not have the clarity of structure when you're doing this this and this and this and i think if if someone was coming into my role and when i've got number two now it's it's buttoned to the hatches exactly what we're doing and what you what good looks like you know in in the coaching sp space this is what good looks like 10 percent of body weight off in 90 days is our gold standard that's what good looks like this is what re referral looks like you know good 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 all the way around and then when someone can like myself who was in that role you know what good's like you can do your best without without um the um targets without the structures you can't do as best as you can do so the way i'd almost think about it is like your the CEO entrepreneurs, like it's like a bowling, like their job is like with the goals and the fucking KPIs and stuff to put like the the, the blockers <laughs> up. So then you just throw the ball and you can just hit the home run, right? Yeah. And I think, um, or strike or whatever it is. And I think that's often something people miss a lot, I think. Yeah. What would be um, your thought process in terms of like a lot of people who are entrepreneurs don't like being told the truth, which is why I think some people like the arm around the coat, like yeah. thing of coaching. It's like, oh, everything's okay, you're doing okay, rather than like people being called out on their own bullshit. I think people are mollycoddled too much. And then I think I've always had a lot more respect for people being like, yeah, it's really shit, you need to prove it. I'm like, Fuck. like I want to be at the point when I'm embarrassed or something, because yeah. then I'm like, it hurts and I have to deal with it. Yeah. What's your opinion on that? I think um, eventually it's gonna hurt regardless. 
like if the uh, and I've seen this go through with coaching as well. You got coaches who are empathetic. I relate back to coaching because it's more understandable for me. It's like empathetic, empathetic, empathetic. Week six, week seven, week seven. Don't same. worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. They're still gonna fucking cancel. This mm. and 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 there's no change. So you might as well have had empathy plus action or strategy, and it might have hurt a little bit. And how you do it obviously caters to a lot of it. But if if you don't create that knee jerk or that trigger, change doesn't happen regardless. So they're either going to go through their journey and they're not going to get anything from it or they're going to stay at the same rate, then they just stay there. Whereas if you actually have that moment, the come to Jesus moment or the Charlie moment, you're like, dude, come on. It's like how you do it is obviously really important, but that's just everyone's psychology. But at some point you need the trigger to be like, there's more than what you, you need to do better or there needs to be different action that will hurt because it's, it's life. We think our habits are the best. We think we're great all of the time so we just need to be told and have that knee jerk about how oh, we're not as good as we think we are which is totally cool here's the steps around it we need it otherwise we can't change and change is needed and I think change is constantly needed and I think this is one thing a lot of people don't understand particularly with like online businesses we're in like an ever moving landscape so to give an example like ChatGBT came out 13 and a half months ago yeah. like an AI like completely changed a lot of things yeah. a lot of people still aren't using it and like if you think about how quickly social media platform is going how quickly uh, buyer awareness is changing yeah. in terms of people like now getting used to getting cold DM'd yeah. in terms of like maybe ads work a little bit less than they used to I think a lot of people really need to buck up their ideas quickly because nothing will be evergreen forever mm-hmm. like this one thing works since 2018 is going to continue working in the next 10 years yeah. and I think that's the problem I see is too many people are trying to do the same thing that's always worked but it's not really working anymore dude I hate change I, I hate change so, uh, like superficially it triggers mm. me and I'm like no you need to do it so like I, so I was always adverse to it I was like I've got this source this method this principle it's fucking sick three months later it doesn't work as much as you want to do and, and you ignore it for a while you ignore it for a while because you think it's still shit hot and eventually you get less and less results or whatever you do and then eventually you're like I need to change this it hurts for a little bit you realise that you probably should have changed that six months ago and then now you're, you're changing things more cognizantly now I'm looking for things to change it still hurts a little bit being like oh shit and I'm not as good as I think I am okay back to the drawing board let's go again do you get the same feeling that I do when I find someone like fuck did I not deal with this beforehand yeah yeah. yeah, I know there's a few things already in my brain where I'm like, I know that's gonna something's gonna happen in the next three months. That I'm gonna have to fix it, but I just, today is not the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I actually say one of the important things is sometimes like uh, pick the dragon you're trying to slay. Like if you try and slay them all in one go, it's not gonna happen. Like yeah. you can only really focus on dealing with one problem at a time. Mm-hmm. And the skill of building a business is focusing on one thing. So like you've got three wheels of um, lead generation, sales, fulfillment. It's like one of those is going to be the point of constraint. A lot of people think it's lead generation. A lot of people, it's actually probably sales. Um, and if you just tweak that, you see a big incremental change. So then you go back to lead gen, you crank that up, and then probably fulfillment comes a problem. Yeah. And you just do that like circle roulette until you take over the world, essentially. Yeah, and I did that the wrong way as well. Like building the business the way I have with like trying to do two things at the same time. It's like we don't have a fulfillment problem at all. Like we could scale into 150 clients and we'd be absolutely fine. But that's because I was focusing on that when I actually should have been focusing elsewhere. I wasn't focusing on the lead generation and sales. So I made this crystal great team and fulfillment was perfect as perfect as can be but i didn't need to do that right now and that means that i chose the wrong lever at that moment in time to pull but that that's pretty crystal clear now now i pull a different lever and we're good but it it was about actually focusing on one thing but i focused on the wrong thing for a little while now we focus on the good thing and that's already set in place and that comes back to what we spoke about earlier your awareness of like 
you as an entrepreneur need to keep learning because you're aware of like what's the real thing I need to deal yeah. with and that comes down to like skills and experience um, if you talk about experience what if you could go back five years or when you started a business what would you do differently looking back upon that or maybe who's someone who's newer um, what would I do differently I would have invested more time into um, being more intentional. So I'm, I'm like an action taker, so it gets shit done, but sometimes it's, not, it's messy. I'm saying. Um, but uh, a little bit more accuracy and then sales would have been the, like if I would have been able to close more deals when I wasn't talking about features and benefits, I wouldn't I wouldn't have needed to have this volume of sales calls that I've had to get to, you know, when I was at 32K. So I think sales is a massive one. Um, Outside of that, I think the I would just keep everything else. Like I think the the results side of things, focusing on coaching is really important, uh, and then building something that you're like. I know you're not a big fan of niche, but I might say you've yeah, got a yeah. really good niche. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 I would keep my niche for mm. a heartbeat um, and dial into that massively. I'd probably even go harder. Uh, uh, and for transparency, what's your niche? Uh, South Asian individuals who live in US, Kenya, and UK, and um, anywhere else really. Which is a really good niche, and why controversial? So I don't normally like niches because. Like yours is different because of the background of like you originally did that from the first company you worked with and yeah. you've built like huge portfolio of client transformations from that and the network. Yeah. But for most people coming into it, I personally don't believe in like massively niching down because with success, you'll find your niche, like which has happened to you to yeah, be yeah. fair. Yeah. Um, whereas if you're from like day one, I work with like vegan mums from South Asia yeah, and yeah. I'm a male white guy. It's like probably not congruent. Yeah, that's a tough, uh, tough explanation as well. Yeah. That's a fetish rather than coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, but I think that's what a lot of people are looking for. They're looking for fucking fetish coaching. Like they have an ideology of like, I want to do this. And it's like, yeah. that's cool, but it's not necessarily going to pay the bills and get you the business you want. It's, it's like the, um, for most people want to go after the binge years. Yeah. And it's like, I've coached a lot of binge years. You don't like, they're really, it's really, I've been a binge year. I wouldn't want to coach me. And they're really hard and their lifetime value also is low because they normally have lots of psychological, emotional in and outs, you know, they have a bad week, they don't check in for three weeks. That's a really hard like niche to really keep longevity in. As you have to have a really, really good solid background on that, but there's a lot of ins and outs and people want to help with that. And it's like really difficult. And what I say of that is start with the end in mind of like, who is it you want to deal with? So mm -hmm. like, and not in a harsh way, but like what I've seen with coaches who deal with that type of clientele is they end up like almost getting depressed because all they get is offloaded with other people's problems, yeah. which is where I'd be like, I would probably try and focus on people who are more positive, successful, and upbeat because they tend to be easier to deal with. Yeah, yeah. When we used to, uh, do you, you do, used to do check-ins via email? Uh, it was just by like a oh, app. Fuck. Uh, so we uh, we used to do the email. So you used to wake up in the morning and, like have 140 emails, and you just like you start scrolling like this on an email, and you'd, you'd scroll three or four times, and it'd be like a a, a novel, and you don't you just feel drained completely. And it's like then you get the next person's like, just tell me what to do, I'll do it, and then you get oh, but this happened and then blah, 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 my cat died and it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. And then you feel like you've took on all the emotions yeah. of the 140 people. Now you need a therapist four times a week and you need, you've got food problems because you're coping with everyone else's yeah. problems. <laughs> and I think that's where, if you're in the position like that, what I always say is like, the job of a business is the business serves you, you don't serve the business. And which is like what I said to you as well, is like, you build the business up more, like this is gonna really work really well for you because your fulfillment is so good. Yeah. It's really gonna give you the lifestyle that you want and then you can actually focus on doing the things you enjoy in the business. Whereas I think too many people go down the rabbit hole of creating something they don't want, which is like a high paid job dealing with a load of people with emotional issues yeah. and you're basically like an online therapist. Yeah, there was, there was a large point of my career, especially when I first started, that I was doing um, these clients that I didn't want to do, but it did feel like that corporate job. You know, people come to us and I, I don't 
like this job, but I get paid 120k. And I felt saying the same things. I was like, oh, I'm getting this amount of money. Uh, I do help people. And then every time you're doing your check-ins and stuff and you're doing the people that you don't want to work with, you're like, why am I doing this? So like, that, I've never thought of it like that, but yeah, absolutely. The high paying job coach. Yeah. yeah, and that's where a lot of people have the golden handcuffs with that, right? It's like the same you see as PTs, it's like they earn good money, but they can never leave the gym. They go on holiday, they don't make any income. And yeah. the reality is like you've got one life and you need to be in a position where the business works for you and you, you get what you want out of it, which I think is where a lot of people just don't have um, the right frame of mind with the way they start the business, which I think is why it's important to have the right foundations in the beginning. Do you know what I think is actually really important as well? Um, it's like those, the thoughts of like what you can do with the business that you just said, like having the right people around you. But I didn't know what you could do with the money and what you could do with the business because I didn't wasn't exposed to it. Like seeing the guys in the group uh, own property, yeah. you've got the contact for that and you, he comes in the group and he speaks to the events and yeah. stuff like that. The crypto stuff, uh, I'm skeptical. Uh, and then all of the other things you're like, oh wow, that's what I can do with it. Whereas if you're at 10 or 15K, you don't know you can even, I never thought in my wildest dreams living in Runcorn that I would be able to invest in property ever. So that even isn't even on my radar. A sports car wasn't even on my radar or watch. Um, and now, you're in a group where those things are exposed to and you're like, oh, actually... Well, that's normal. Yeah, that's normal. It's like, okay, well, when I get to 100K, well, I'm going to fucking get one of those too because Charlie's got free. Or, you know, um, yeah. And it's like, you see other people around you doing the same thing. It's like, that is possible. And I think for me, it was always about... Actually, when I came into that, was the biggest thing I was surprised about. It's like, you're, it's not just earning money. It's actually what you're doing with it to create a better life. And um, now I'm like, instead of like just like thinking about uh, growing this business and for a vision, I'm thinking about me. And uh, now I'm doing 100k goals and visions of what we're going to do when we get there and what I'm going to buy and what we're going to travel to. And I think just uh, seeing what you can do with it is really important. I love that you said that because like one of the big things that I really want to help people see is what you can do. Because the goal of a fitness business isn't just like people, oh, I want to make 15k a month, why? Like you want to make 100k a month, why? Like the reality is you want to create this business that spins off like positive net cash flow. Yeah. You then put those into assets that then make more money, like has babies. Yeah system just multiplies you're done like you never have to work again and that's the reality like you can be the person who completely changes your family tree and provide fucking everyone yeah. for the next fucking couple hundred years and that's like anyone listening to that you have the ability to do that yeah. like i've done it like i've no doubt you'll do it yeah. and we live in a world now where we have endless opportunities and there's endless wealth out there but too, people, too many people aren't willing to be like resourceful enough to go out and get the resources to do that. Whereas like the reality is we just need to um, make money, invest it wisely, build wealth. And then once you get beyond a certain point, you you get to $5 million net worth, you're going to make for half a million a year doing nothing. So like when you're at that point, it's like you can't really spend more than 300, 500K a year without being retarded. Yeah, yeah. Like you could do it, but yeah. like once you've got a house, you've got decent cars, you've got a couple of holidays, like you're probably going to struggle and that's really the big vision i have is yeah help people build the businesses but it's also like having the right advice in terms of money of like what the fuck do i do with all this money now i have it yeah and i think um because you're doing it at the same time it's it's almost like really reassuring mm. because like you can bring people in to guest speak and you know, i've seen it in mentorships yeah. before like you bring people in seminars and it's like oh that looks good over there and the principles the theories look good but not tried and tested whereas like you go in that group and it's like yeah charlie bought three of these uh, or like you showed the crypto mm. stuff and it's like okay that's worth doing i'm sure half the group feel the same way i do mm. where it's like well definitely some of them do it's like well he's done it and he wouldn't put his money anywhere that he wouldn't beneficial mm. so i think that that's a massive massive point um as opposed to theory and, and that's one of the things i want to 
not financial advice, but teach on, but show what I'm doing and full transparency. Because like, if people want to follow that path, then you have that information there. And that's, uh, I think when people have that information and knowledge, it's a disservice to other people not to give it because it's no skin off my nose. So I'd be like, yeah, this is James. I bought a load of investment properties from him. He's helped me loads. Like you might want to speak to me if you want to make money. Um, and that's where we literally just bring people into a group like that. And the same, the crypto aspect, like I got $600,000 of crypto invested of like, my goal is to get that to 3 million in the next 12 months. So like, I'm gonna show what I'm doing with that. And then if people wanna do some of that, not financially responsible, like yeah, yeah. you're more than welcome. Testing. This is what I'm doing, like yeah, yeah. full transparency. <laughs> um, and like, I'll take big swings and I'll fucking miss some, but like yeah. you hit some and you, you're done. And I think what I'd actually put into that is people need to understand that, um, people who are successful are willing to take risks, but they're calculated risks. And there's also a balancing aspect. So even if you talk about investing, like, yeah, I bought a load of properties last year, they're safe assets. I've also got a load of money in crypto, which is very volatile and it could 10X or could, it's unlikely people who go to zero, but like I'm willing to pl place that bet because the upside is way bigger than the downside. And I think when people even look at something like a mentorship, they're so like scared of investing in themselves because they're like, oh, I don't want to lose X amount of money, but it's like, yeah, you could lose that, and this whole thing could be bullshit. And I've paid you to talk in here, and all the other fucking people that yeah. we worked with, or and all the two comma club awards are all fake and stuff. Yeah. Or um, it does work, and then you actually change your entire life. Yeah, like in either way, like I said before, you find out, mm. you find out, and you're like, oh, Charlie's full of shit, and you find out what not to do, and then which won't be the case, or you find out what Charlie's done has actually done the shit, and you actually do that, and then you love cash. Mm. You know, so. well, it's it's not. It's about the process, not the prize. Absolutely. And for me, it's like, I enjoy the person I'm becoming in terms of getting to where I want to be. And it's not a, like, once you have, like, have enough money, like once you get to a certain point, like, I can't sp That's spend, fair. like I can't spend it. So like, it's at that point in terms of what can you do with this money to then create like wealth for the future and mm -hmm. also like grow it. And that for me is like the fun game in terms of business. And so I, I see like business as sport in terms of the way you play it, in terms of like it's competitive and it's like a, a fun game to play and I think it's a game with no limits but it's also a game that can give you anything you ever want because all I ever wanted was to be able to like do what I want when I want with who I want and when you're at that point it's like the world becomes your playground then yeah, yeah. did you ever have the now what moment uh, a little bit and I, I sometimes get I have I can't let myself get bored because if I let myself get bored not I get depressed but I'm like what do I do like yeah. so I have to keep myself because I I said, I like, enjoy the process. I like climbing the mountain. Yeah. And I think that's the important thing in terms of um, always having a vision and goal of like where you want to go and understanding yeah. why. Um, and I remember like I've done a lot of work like therapists and psychologists um, because I have a lot of like intrinsic drive. And like, like one of the things he said to me is like, when you scale the mountains, make sure you like, when you get to the top, you look back and enjoy the view, which I like, have like sporadic moments. Like, I remember, for example, I was in a, a chairlift and veil like skiing on my birthday I'm like this is pretty sick and like uh, there's random moments where it comes to you and I think as an entrepreneur you understand that like there's 90% of the time is that you're eating shit and dealing with problems and then 10% there's something sick like this is fucking good yeah yeah I'm the same we, uh, that Dom Perry on, on in the uh, the mug was a funny but collective moment and then um, my missus puts it in the diary every single month where we have to do a reflection and she sp speaks for most of it 90% yeah. I just do a bit of 10% and that's it but like we have to I'm terrible at reflecting so um, you get those moments I think there was another one when I hit like my first ever like 20k and I was like that was and I did it from like not 
I wasn't doing the sales at the time, so someone brought it in. I was like, I'm on a boat on a yacht party. I've just brought in this money. And I'm like, okay, this is fantastic. But the rest of the time, it's just like, okay, back to the grind. And yeah. I think, uh, this is one thing I like to say for any listener to this. I wish I'd like documented or noted down more when I had those big wins. Because I can't remember when I first did like 100K a month. Or I didn't really do anything specific to like, yeah. I did, I, or did 50K or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I wish I had because it would... I don't know, I just think it'd been a cool thing to do. And I think um, when you hit a milestone, I think it's important you celebrate. The second thing I'd add as a caveat to that though is like when you're hitting milestones, you've got momentum. It's hard to pick up momentum, but what you don't want to do is get complacent and let the foot of the gas. Because I have seen other people do that where like they're caning it and then like they do 100k a month whatever the next month 50. I'm like, what the fuck have you done? Like you basically just went holiday for a month. Um, So that's something always to be aware of. And I think as an entrepreneur, people who tend to be successful almost tend to live in a bit of a state of paranoia of like things could go wrong. Like I, had, I, think, I think the week before my birthday, I think my, I got flagged on Stripe because we made too much money in November. So like they threatened to cancel our account and they're now holding a 25% reserve, which is ideal. And then um, my YouTube account got permanently disabled. We've now got it back. Uh, I think my IG account got blocked for messaging for like a week and there's a load of other <laughs> fucking random shit. Facebook blocked me from uh, like all of our ads websites. And I was like, what the fuck? And like to the point where people messaged me, but like, do you think someone's like trying to like sabotage? Yeah, fuck yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, I don't know, maybe. Um, but what I try and take from that is I, in business, you're always going to have shit go wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think people just need to understand like, if something's going wrong right now, like that's normal. Like you're going to go from, you're either going to have a problem or a crisis. There's a problem every day and you probably get a crisis every six months. Yeah. And then in between that, there's just the spurts of happiness and, and yeah. fulfillment. And I think <laughs> like what you said is important. That is the reflection back on it. What would you say with people who tend to struggle in terms of the worry mindset? I think most people see it as not normal, but actually I think you, it, when there's lots of unknown variables, whether it's like, earning money is that going to be enough for your house your rent your accommodation am I going to be able to make these sales there's lots of open chains and lots of anxiety and lots of worry uh, I think worrying about what the worst case scenario is is massive like if uh, what's the worst case scenario if I don't be able to do this this and this well I'll plan for this and then that will happen and then I'll be able to do that so you create uh, certainty as opposed to anxiety um, I think it's repetition I think um, even like me I'm going through that worry cycle now of the upfront payments is this month going to be the same as last month because I've had a belter now it's right I'm actually using the worry to work harder and I think that's the harness whereas I could just be um, I, what's that word where you just throttled like, by fro- it yeah frozen yeah. by it I'm like well I've got no option now it's energy yeah it's like why don't you use the energy because you could wake up tomorrow at 7am and you could take the worry away by getting three more sales calls and doing it up front so take the worry and then learn to utilise it into something like one single thing and I think when someone has worry multiple options that creates overwhelm if you have, if you have worry plus one single thing you can just go and hit that thing I think that's what works out and for anyone who's worrying, all I would focus on doing is booking sales schools, close sales schools, <laughs> and just get money off people. Yeah. It's like, that's it. And if, if you're in the new year and you're like, how do I do that? It's like, follow up with every lead you've ever had and ask them what their new year goal is. Follow up with every non-closed call, ask them what their goal is. You'll sign clients up. And I think not enough people th- spend enough time thinking of what they should do. They just run around like a headless chicken. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what would you say to finish up to anyone who's on the fence about like reaching out to us for help or like your initial experiences working with us? Yeah, I mean, well, I've been, I've been a part of a few mentorships and like by far for me, I like, I'm, I love camaraderie. It's the camaraderie I get from the team and yourself. That, that's irreplaceable. And obviously working with someone, 
You know, if you want someone that's done the thing that you're asking them to do, and they're probably still doing it, because if you're still doing it, they're still working. The stuff, the tactics, and the strategies you're still utilizing, so it's still going to work. Like, there's no incentive for you to make it worse. Mm -hmm. So it has to be the best because you want your own stuff to be the best. So then everyone else follows suit because we're the leader. Mm. Skill scales themselves up. We just follow. So I think just being able to be in the situation where other people are doing that as well, and um, it's tried and tested. You know, hundred percent agree. Um, where can people find out more about you? Uh, Nathan.autonomy um, is just my Instagram page if you're South Asian and you want to get in shape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the plug, it's good. Yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah. Anyone who enjoyed the podcast, make sure you smash the like button. If you want help in terms of scaling your own online business, hit the link below so if you don't, you can book in a free course. Cool. And we also have uh, free access to our 4C course, which is our lead generation course underneath the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, share this with a friend, and we'll see you next episode soon. That's it, that's pretty good. Sorry. I've gone for fucking hours. <laughs>